everyone and welcome back to the sponsorship podcast i am here with toby trice how are you doing today toby yeah jess i'm i'm amazing i'm amazing i've got some super exciting news and a little bit more of an update from the racing front so i'm buzzing can't yet confirm and announce everything completely yet but as everyone knows i'm racing what i'm racing's getting even more exciting so uh, yeah i'm awesome jess how's everything your way yeah really good I, I bet you're going absolutely stir crazy not being able to tell anyone yeah it's a little bit tricky <laughs> there's a few people that are aware of things that are going on but things have changed somewhat for the better for me my team and, and for my sponsors so yeah there's there's been some interesting updates recently that yeah i can't say <laughs> oh amazing stuff okay well hopefully very soon you'll be able to tell everyone on on this podcast what you're up to but we'll have to hang on i guess for a few more weeks right just yeah just maybe, maybe another week or two if you're okay. tuning into the maybe next podcast or the one after i think by that point I'll, I'll be pretty comfortable to say that uh what exactly we're doing in our plans we're right in the cusp we're literally about to roll over the hill and go down with a, with a big bang so i'm excited exciting stuff so let's start with some fun facts this this is a weird one toby apparently has eight springs in his body i do i, I actually think i i don't want to know anymore like that <laughs> i just like just thinking why is enough in fact yeah um they're like little little biro springs that you get out of a pen there's eight of them in my body i didn't swallow them it was a, they're supposed to be there okay good yeah <laughs> shall we leave it at that yeah i think so <laughs> ask me in the paddock next year if you uh, or this year if you, if you if you you know just want to find a little bit more about that so jess's fun fact this this week is she once drove uh, 2,500 miles in an electric car as part of a press stunt for a hotel chain. Tell me more, Jess. Oh, it was amazing. It was called Route 57 and it was done by the Jury's Inns like hotel chain. And they, they basically created this Route 57, which was like the UK and Ireland's Route, route 66. And it took right. in all like the 57 of the best stops along the way. And I drove it in an electric car and it got like, 200 pieces of press coverage over like wow. three weeks it was amazing it's the biggest biggest press stunt i've ever done it kind of started my my love affair with electric cars as well that's amazing that's so cool yeah, how, how was doing two and a half thousand miles in an electric car i mean that's that seems like something that's unachievable like you know charging points etc people would find challenges of, of how difficult that might be but how was it for you so it took a lot of planning. So this was in 2016. So there's like double the amount of charges in the UK or something silly like that now. Yeah. So we only had one close call. And that was after we went to three different charges that didn't work in like, I think it was the north of England. But yeah, we just had to plan. And we were only doing about 200 miles a day, if that. Yeah. But yeah, it felt like a lot of driving because we were like zigzagging to different places. But yeah, it, it was easy. Just, you know, a rapid charge once or twice a day was was enough to kind of top the car up and let us kind of go on our way. You know, it's not like you could just drive from, you know, Southampton to Scotland in, in one go, but we weren't one doing time. that. We were proper, properly like zigzagging up, up the UK and then down into Ireland. But it, it was a blast and it was so nice. I drank so much coffee. <laughs> it sounds like you just because it. we were we were just stopping at these you know service stations or in car parks in nice towns and stuff and we we're like what should we do should we go get coffee yes we should so i kept a tally of how much coffee i drank throughout throughout the whole trip i can't remember off the top of my head how much it was but it was a lot that's brilliant <laughs> i feel like that should be like a tea trip for me like do the whole thing yes. make it like a tea trip that would be quite fun well i once because i've done lots of road trips i once did a tea and cake trip along the north the north norfolk coast in a mini right. oh wow it's great that sounds yeah. awesome i, I yeah. love I, I love hearing about your road adventures jess you've done so many cool things on the road and um 
yeah it's really inspiring yeah uh you know i love a road trip and i'm I'm itching to get out there now like i've got a brand new car that i've only driven like 150 miles in since i got it in december <laughs> it needs yeah it needs by now it'd have loads more miles on than that wouldn't it so i know roll on when we can be let loose to go and do that desperate for a road trip even if it's just to go do some you know sample some more cake in north norfolk yeah it's all good <laughs> right so today we are going to talk about how to maximize opportunities on linkedin because i think linkedin is is one of those platforms that people don't really don't really use effectively like everyone focuses on instagram and twitter because they're a bit more casual they're a bit more simple but but i think that actually linkedin is is the most powerful one and i know you've had lots of successes with linkedin toby so can you start by kind of telling us i don't know i guess what your your experiences are and how you've used it and how that's evolved yeah i mean linkedin is my primary social media these days i use instagram once in a while at the moment um, but no LinkedIn I've had amazing success I can tell you now that I believe out of all my sponsors that I've signed from last year right through until the one I've just signed a few days ago I've met them all through LinkedIn and in a funny sense I haven't ever met them people in person mm. which shows just how powerful LinkedIn can be right if you use it correctly um, absolutely actually i've just had literally that's that's mad now i've just said that out loud that's pretty crazy mm. when i think back to 2019 where i met all my sponsors face to face you know handshake kind of sealed the sealed the deal and then i've seen agreement afterwards these sponsors the very first time i'll probably meet these sponsors face to face is likely to be my first ever race weekend with them as my sponsor how mad is that that's crazy isn't it yeah, what a world so, we live in exactly yeah but it just shows how amazing linkedin is providing you use it in the right way you know you can go horribly wrong on there i think if you if you don't go the right way about it but yeah i've had huge success it's been it's been amazing and i've got so many cool contacts now that, that i'm talking to that you know that aren't sponsors but they're good they're just really good people to know and who knows what kind of your network grows into in the future so yeah i've had great success what about you jess well i've got about nine thousand connections on linkedin now That's beastly. Um, because i've had it for well i've had it for more than nine years i've had it for you know as long as i've been running a business Plus, I think, you know, I was using it before that as well. So I have a really, really like well-developed network. So my reach on there is huge sometimes. Like, you know, I, I've got posts that, you know, stretch into the views of like high tens of thousands. <laughs> and e- even the ones that don't do well still get over a thousand views. So that that's good kind of for my stats as I would say an influencer. So from a driver's point of view, if, 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 you're, if you're building a good network, then you're going to be reaching a lot of people with your content, which can be a good thing to sell to sponsors. But I use it a lot for networking, uh, not so much for racing mentor, but for other parts of my business, you know, where I'm talking to, you know, potential clients or potentially even people I'd like to interview for things as a journalist. It's just so valuable because I think everyone on there is just, they've got their sensible hats on. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't yeah, mean yeah. that in a really boring way. I mean that, you know, like if you post something on Facebook and someone doesn't agree with you, they're going to just be awful and rude to you, right? Yeah. But on LinkedIn, you know, I posted something basically. I think I called out, I called out a group of people on something to do with cars. I can't remember exactly what it was, but basically said, oh, if you think this, you're silly or something like that. On Facebook, people would have you know just absolutely roasted me but on linkedin people like actually i think you know you're wrong and here are some cited sources on why you should change your opinion (laughs) i was like 
this is the kind of argument I want. I want people to tell me why I'm wrong with like actual sources yeah. from, you know, in reputable places. And I learned a lot from that post and it was great. I think it was a, the argument about, you know, hydrogen versus electric or in terms of cars or something like that. Oh, I, um, I do remember seeing that now, actually. Now you mentioned that, I do remember seeing that post. Yeah, yeah. I just think LinkedIn is a, you, you get a higher quality of, of conversation with people and you, you know that they all work in business in some way. And if you're, if you're creating uh, and curating your network in a way that, that kind of aligns with your goals, you know that they probably are all decision makers within businesses. Yeah, typically, yeah. Like, and I think it's becoming a bit more of a trendy space now, or at least see it sort of seeing it more as a trendy space. Because I think once upon a time, it was very, very corporate, wasn't it? It was very white collar and quite dull and, hi, look at me, I've just got a promotion to be an MD or yeah. you know, I've achieved this for my business. And, you know, it was very stale. But like the Twitter community, I think joke about LinkedIn being that boring profile still. Yeah. But actually, when you get involved in LinkedIn, I've had some really, really good conversations on there from comments and then private messaged and then chatted about all sorts of interesting things. And then I tend to find then I, I kind of connect with them people on other social platforms. Yeah. And it is a bit more like loose and a bit more lighthearted and the kind of conversations are different. But yeah, I almost feel like LinkedIn should be used nine to five. I feel like outside of that, I feel like it doesn't work for me. Um, mm. You feel the same? Yeah. Yeah. I post, I just, because I was excited about something, I posted something at the weekend and it just didn't work. Yeah. No one's there. Everyone, everyone is like, oh, I'm on LinkedIn. It's work. I'm going to scroll through it during my day as a way of procrastinating because I can't get away with doing that on Facebook. <laughs> yeah linkedin it's yeah it's business so i can get away with it <laughs> if, if i want to have just a pointless scroll and it's my working day i will always choose linkedin because i'm like yeah but i might get something out of this yeah as opposed to four hours on tiktok yeah, that's it because <laughs> technically you can make sales on linkedin <laughs> exactly exactly well, and you know i and we'll, we'll get to this but i find that if i'm scrolling through linkedin and there's something that i can comment on and, and offer some value I can just sit and do that. And that that is actually a valuable thing to do. And I don't want people to get into, you know, the to death scrolling and procrastinating. But if you are looking for something to do, go on LinkedIn and find stuff to comment on. It's it's like the most valuable thing that you can do with a free, you know, five minutes. Yeah. Yeah, quite agree. So Jess, just want to kind of bring the point about around, you know, drivers' profiles on LinkedIn. I see a, I see a, there's a lot of drivers on LinkedIn, racing drivers, and their taglines are racing driver and as cool as that is i think that's awesome but i think on linkedin i do feel like it's almost a little bit appropriate inappropriate because i think the tagline is quite an important thing to actually staple like what you do or how you can help someone out so that when someone sees it of course they're going to realize you're a racing driver when they actually click on your profile and, and obviously look through it but mm. you know tips around tagline i think to help you stand out is quite important so have you got any tips around you know, first explain the tagline just in case people aren't aware about the tagline on LinkedIn um, and kind of any tips around what you suggest to make kind of a good tagline. Sure. So the tagline is the line of text that appears under your name. So it appears when you comment on something, when you post, if you do a LinkedIn article in groups and on your profile. So it's seen everywhere. It basically comes attached to your name. In terms of getting it right, I, I would say don't focus on what you are. So a racing driver, focus on what you do. So, you know, I see, I see a lot of people that say racing driver or they say racing driver and brand ambassador. That's like maybe like one, one point better, but it still doesn't really tell me why I should be interested in connecting with you. So the reason that a tagline is so important in, in terms of what we're going to talk about today is that if you go and comment on something or, or you do a post, 
and it shows up in the timeline of someone you're not connected with, they're going to look at your name and your tagline and determine whether they want to click on that to find out more and potentially connect with you. So if it just says racing driver and, you know, they're in the, I don't know, the furniture business, they're going to think, well, that's not relevant, but maybe you are, your niche is furniture, maybe. So if your tagline says something about how you help furniture business businesses increase their reach, then they're going to click on you. So you need to think about what it is that you do and you can include racing driver within that. You can include motorsport within that, but it needs to say more than just racing driver because that is not going to make you stand out because there's hundreds of thousands probably of racing drivers on, on LinkedIn with that same tagline. Yeah. It's almost like that, that can become your kind of like problem solving thing, isn't it? How can you problem solve or help businesses and write that in your tagline kind of answer the question they might have about you? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I think it comes down to understanding who you are as a racing driver and the the business benefit that you have. And, you know, I, my tagline's a bit weird and probably not a good example because I, I have put what I am because I'm so many different things. I need to make it clear I am these things. But I say a lot of people have success with helping brands deliver X or facilitating something by doing something else. So this thing about what you do rather than who, the, who you are. And I think that makes you stand out so much more. But, but it could be racing driver who do, does these things. But just a word of warning, a lot of businesses will be wary of that because they think that the next thing that you're going to do is message them about sponsorship. Exactly. Yeah. And it can actually turn them away, can't it? Yeah. So I think maybe a, a picture of you all suited and booted and ready to race is enough to say that you're a racing driver or just have it on your profile somewhere else that's not your tagline. Your tagline should show your value and and something that makes you stand out over all of the other racing drivers. Yeah, and I, and I think, you know, showing what value you bring rather than saying you're a racing driver, it comes back to the whole point of talking less about you and your results and winning championships, et cetera, and more about how you can help in business. And my priority all the time is to, you know, how I can help work with a company. And if they, they meet the goals and values that I sort of can bring, then we're a good match. You know, it's, it's really rare that I actually talk about myself as a racing driver during any kind of sponsorship conversation. It's, mm. it's actually one of the last things I talk about. Yeah. We do that at the track when we're racing together and, you know, having a wicked day out. You know, that's kind of the time that I talk about that sort of stuff. But yeah, it's very rare that actually I talk to companies about my career as a racing driver, which it is quite mad really, isn't it? When you actually think about it, um, you know, you're asking for sponsorship for, you know, to become a race driver or to be a racing driver, but actually it's one of the sort of least spoken things that I, that I have with my sponsors. And this really should be like the new way of doing things because yes, you're asking for money to go racing, but that's completely on your side of things. Yeah. What this business is doing is investing in your skills as a whatever, doing whatever to, to achieve a result. Which is why I, you know, and this may be going slightly off topic, is uh, why I think it's important that drivers don't base how much they're going to charge a sponsor or how much sponsorship they want based on, well, it'll cover these tyres and these entry fees. Because there are drivers out there that have enough worth and value to a business that they could charge three times the amount of money they need for a season and be able to get it. Yeah because it's about the value that you're providing to a potential sponsor. And that's something to remember in every conversation that you have. It's not about you being a racing driver. That's, that's almost incidental. It's about you being a marketing tool or a networking tool or whatever it is you offer. 
to a business that's going to have some impact on their bottom line. Yeah. And that, and that comes back to a good tagline in, in my opinion. It, yeah. it just, it's just that reminder, isn't it? That, you know, that's, that's how you're helping businesses. Um, and I actually include a little bit about my niche on there as well, that I, I campaign for raising awareness from our facility and just having that on my tagline has generated so many interesting conversations yeah. from like MDs that have had their own issues with trying for children and they've reached out and said, Oh, I hear you run this, this group. I've clicked on your profile, see what you do. And that's then led for me to talk about eventually talk about sponsorship because they want to get involved. So it's, you know, that's my niche and it's, it's a kind of conversation starter. So it just shows how powerful the tagline is really. And it kind of helps you attract the people that you know you can help the most by talking about your niche yeah absolutely so one thing that i want people to think about doing on any social media but also on linkedin is to post consistently and i think linkedin is where people struggle most about what to post yeah so as a racing driver you think that you just need to post about your racing but actually post about your racing is great it's a good thing to kind of fill the gaps but you need to be telling interesting stories that are relevant to your racing and relevant to your brand and your niche, but you don't have to post about, you know, I did this race and look how well I did. So I want people to think about how they can find some consistency in posting about stuff beyond just that here's a race report or I'm missing racing or it'll be racing time soon, etc. However, like it, it's really hard to work out what to post. I think especially when you're one of those drivers who is very focused on the fact that your niche is most sport or cars. Yeah. But I, I feel like we all have experiences in our lives that are that are relevant to racing or we've learned things in our lives that are relevant to racing that you can bring back to that conversation. But also there are even more stories and experiences and, and things that you know about that aren't related to racing that are relevant to LinkedIn. So for example, you might talk about you know, a rough, a rough time that you had at school, how you overcame that challenge and ask other people if they've experienced something similar. That's all you need to do. You don't have to say, you know, you don't have to talk about racing or how that relates to you because your tagline will say it all and your profile will say it all. And you can maybe go into more detail that relates to your racing or sponsorship when people comment. Yeah. The the biggest thing is just getting people to to interact with your page. So finding kind of stories and things that are that are relevant to everyone um is the best way to do that. Yeah, completely agree. And and I think posts like that on LinkedIn where you sort of you, you sort of talk about a challenge and how you've overcome it, then them sort of posts seem to do really, really well on LinkedIn because people are on there kind of with the same sort of inspiration that, you know, the business and you know careers and stuff always have their challenges so if you can kind of find that topic to relate to the audience that's on there the organic growth with it is really really huge and and just looking at some of your posts yes you've you've spoke quite honestly and openly about challenges that you faced that have been around like your youtube channel and other things that you've you've yeah. had to sort of face with and um and you know the, the comments then that flood in is is really quite something and because because the platform is all about kind of organic reach versus, you know, the other platforms where it's very much, you know, kind of paid reach type type profiles. Once someone comments on a really well engaged post, um, that automatically goes straight to the top of the feed for, for other people to, to sort of interact with. It's amazing actually how quickly the the kind of LinkedIn posts can can grow. And when it comes down to sort of posting consistently, I find that posting sort of a really good post once once a week and let that organically grow 
is far better than posting regular because it seems that when you post your next post, it almost kills the previous one. I don't know if you found that, that same sort of thing, Jess. Yeah, I absolutely have. I So while, while I would advocate posting daily on places like Twitter and Instagram, I think a couple of posts a week is is enough on LinkedIn. And I might even leave it longer if, if an older post is still doing well. Yeah. Just kind of let it run its course because if people are still commenting and still getting involved and that that little reach figure is is going up i would just kind of leave it until until it was done because yeah i agree i think it does kill your previous posts like it's like linkedin only wants to serve one of you at a time to your audience and your you know extended network yeah because it's that kind of space isn't it people are on there for more of a limited time than other social networks mm. so i think making something really relevant something that's really engaging once a week i think that's a that's quite a nice you know you're not too, you're not in in people's faces too much are you i think and that's kind yeah. of getting that balance right Absolutely. so what about what about commenting on other people's posts in jess because um, you know we spoke about kind of posting kind of what kind of posts to make and you know how frequent when you come down to comment on other people's posts have you got any sort of tips and advice of you know the structure of how to reply to people's posts versus just a cut you know kind of just a like so I think it, it's really important that you offer value. So how you do that is up to you. It might be sharing your experience of whatever it is they're talking about. It might be giving some kind of fact or backing up a point that they've made or even a counterpoint, as long as it's, you know, well-sourced and, and relevant and friendly. I think, you know, that's a really positive way to add, a, add value to, to a discussion. And the nice thing about commenting on people's posts is that their network will see that and anyone that comes to that post will see that so you can get you know people that you'd never even thought to connect with speaking to you and having a conversation with you on someone else's post uh, and again if you've got you know a really catchy tagline that that piques their interest then they're going to click on you and you know you can see to a point on free linkedin like who's looking at you and if you have a linkedin premium you can see everyone that's kind of looked at your your profile so maybe you can connect with them or they might connect with you or you know if you're if you're having a good conversation with someone you can message them or or connect with them and it's a really great way to kind of open that conversation without having to do some kind of like cold message yeah and i think that's really valuable and i think that's that's one of the wonderful things about linkedin obviously you can't do that on facebook it's very hard to do that on instagram because people aren't having a conversation in the same way and Twitter can just be a bit of chaos. So LinkedIn is absolutely the perfect place for that. If you've got, you know, a niche or some expertise or, you know, you're just good with words and you just want to go in and have conversations with people, commenting on posts is the best way to do it without the pressure of like how to write a pitch or an opening message. Yeah. Yeah. Completely agree. And then, and then, you know, there's times in the past where I've kind of commented on someone's post and then I've gone away and, and I've, it's been really on my mind thinking about kind of what they're talking about. So I then mm. just messaged him saying, oh, I just wanted to actually chat to you a bit more about what you posted because I think it's really interesting. And, you know, that evolves into its own its own conversation, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a powerful tool. Yeah, really powerful. And actually, I know this is just a short podcast, but I'm going to be doing a really in-depth webinar on this on the 17th of February, 2021. Cool. So I'm going to be talking about like the different kinds of posts that you can do and like how to brainstorm. So you're not just talking about your racing. You've got lots of like topic ideas for stuff to talk about, how to grow your network, how to comment. And then also there'll be a follow-up uh, webinar as well, where I'll give you some ideas of like how to comment, how to send those relationship building messages, etc. So if you're interested in that, 
go to any of the racing mentors social medias you'll find it i'll be posting about it there but the link is also in the show notes over at blog.racingmentor.com for for this episode perfect and i understand jess if people aren't able to make the 17th of feb there's also a replay available um, if they can't make it live Yes, absolutely. As with any kind of racing mental webinar, there'll be a replay. So you have to sign up. But even if you can't make it live, once you're signed up, that 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 replay will be sent out to you as soon as it's ready. Yeah. And don't miss out, guys, because I'm proving point that I've signed several sponsors now from LinkedIn and have never met these people in, in person. So don't miss out on this opportunity. Jess has got some amazing content to share. I'm really excited about this one. I, I've, I've worked really hard on LinkedIn over like the last year or so. So I've learned a lot and I'm, I'm really jazzed to share that with everyone. Yeah, it's going to be good. Let's talk about how you, how you start those conversations outside of comments. So like how you relationship build via messages on LinkedIn. Now, I know you're really good with this, Toby. So do you have any, (laughs) do you have any kind of tips for anyone who is, you know, maybe they've identified, you know, a cool person that they'd love to talk to, how they, you know, start that opening message, how they start that conversation? Yeah, I mean, I I start every conversation with, with no agenda to pitch to that person business at all. I'll I'll have an interest in, in the business. And if after conversating with them, I then might look to pitch, but genuinely I have no interest in pitching that person until I've actually got to know them and, you know, chatted and, and discussed things about, you know, what they're up to, their goals and all that kind of stuff. And then that then opens up later on down the line, an opportunity that perhaps I then might pitch. But I find, yeah, the best way to start conversations on there is, is just have no agenda. Keep it kind of, I keep my conversations I guess semi-formal I'm not like completely hey how you doing like how's things that kind of I'm never like that on LinkedIn mm. which I am in real life I, you know that's just me but it's it, you know I keep it kind of you know loose conversational pieces without too much kind of like proper language if you like just like hi you know that kind of stuff not hello and dear and kind regards I kind of keep it you know semi-informal yeah but yeah and just just ha- just be yourself <laughs> like I think that's the I don't know if, if that's a good tip or not, <laughs> but yeah, just, just literally start with no agenda and, and just say hi and, and, and focus on them and, and try and find an interest in what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I like to think of it as how, how you would start a conversation with someone you want to be friends with. Yeah. And, you know, ask these people questions about themselves and their business, you know, don't, don't try and poke into the profit that they made last year, but you know, just asking them like, you know, what, what, you know what are they passionate about what are they focusing on at the moment you know the stuff that excites them and you know if you've already done the hard work by showing value in comments either in a conversation with them or on one of their posts or maybe they've commented on your post then you should have kind of a good idea of who they are and what and what they're interested in so you can use that but you know look at their profile and do your research and just make sure you're being very natural with it so you know i i think it's difficult to give advice on this because I think it does come quite naturally. Yeah. Because it is about, you know, are you a very social person who can hold your own in a conversation? I know not everyone who is listening is as confident as maybe we are, Toby, in that way. But the more that you do this, the easier it will become. Just just try and relax and be very natural with it. But use stuff from kind of their, their profile and previous conversations you've had with them or their posts. So for example, you know, if you see that someone has posted about a new product, something that they're interested in, a challenge that they've overcome, you can, you know, maybe message them and say, hey, this really resonated with me. I'd love to hear more kind of thing. 
and then ask questions based off of that and just try and have a natural kind of back and forth conversation, which is obviously much easier over a message than often it is face to face. Yeah, for sure. And and I do find as well, just for sort of conversations that do convert into, you know, later on down the line, either pitches or, you know, more in, more in-depth discussions about how you can help them. The ones that tend to comment and interact with with the kind of feed are the ones that you're more likely to get kind of responses from. I have sent several messages out to people on LinkedIn and I've never had a response, um, mm. but they re- they rarely use it. So it's probably the fact that they've just looked at it, read it and gone on, oh, you know, another time and never come back to the platform yeah. for a long time or disappear down their, their inbox list. And that's, and that's fine. You know, that's fine. But the ones that do sort of will, you know, that will conversate are the ones that are active on their sort of liking, commenting and actually creating their own posts. Yeah, absolutely. Which is why sometimes it can be a bit of a, a waste of time to go out and find you know the perfect person to pitch to a company and then lean on linkedin as your way of building a relationship and a rapport with them first because it might be that yes they're on linkedin but they never look at it or they certainly don't look at their messages yeah so just bear that in mind it's better to just add a load of people to, to as connections people that are relevant and people that you want to be connected with and then see if they're posting or see if they're getting involved in you know conversations on other people's posts because that will show you that they are they are using the platform but it also gives you a slightly softer in with them as well by just you know you know chatting to them in comments yeah definitely and i, I had some recent recent kind of it's not I, I guess it's not success yet it might be down down the line but one of the the kind of sim racing brands i'm a big fan of is fanatech i'm sure um, anyone that's involved in sim racing will know Fanatec as you know this big brand that that offer you know amazing equipment for for drivers to set up their home sims and um, you know they've been around for a very long time and I've kind of watched them flourish and I've always been interested in their business and it's only actually been recently that I've started interacting with people that work at Fanatec and actually understanding mm. the kind of behind the scenes of how things work and I'm chatting to someone at the moment who's a business development manager for Fanatec and she helps with the kind of implementation of their new designs and their new kind of steering wheels and you know their, their equipment and how she then puts that out to the world and it's been fascinating talking to her you know how they actually do that from right from the design process of like the decisions they make to the point when they launch it and everything in between and we've had some amazing conversations and it really fascinates me but because now I'm I've kind of that's that's the reverse way of me that I've used LinkedIn is that I've here's a brand I love I'd love to know more about the people that, that actually represent that brand that you know work their asses off to make it what it is. And now I'm talking to these people and it's it's really cool like understanding even more about Fanatec. And I find mm. that really I find that fascinating. So yeah, LinkedIn's amazing. I I, I love it. <laughs> I'm yeah, on there a lot. I do too. And you know, I think just going back to that point about Fanatec is like that that's what it's like to go into LinkedIn with no agenda and just kind of see where things go. So like you followed them and connected with them because you're interested in the brand. You ask questions because you want to know more about how stuff is made. Like whatever happens next, that's just, uh, that's up to LinkedIn. <laughs> it's, up to LinkedIn. it's up to LinkedIn. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely opened my eyes up, you know, because I, I predominantly networked on LinkedIn, you know, to, to find sponsors and to, to build my network. But I have used it in the other way. If, I've, if there's a company that I really, really love, and there's a particular tea brand that I love, that most people will be aware of <laughs> and I'm now trying to connect with the people behind that tea brand because I love seeing their like Twitter feed of how fun the kind of like the tweets are and I got I want to get to know these people because they're they're super funny <laughs> like, yeah their tweets make me chuckle so I'd love to get to know that people for for that reason and if that if one day that ends up being a sponsorship amazing but just to know these people I think we're really cool um, yeah. so so yeah I, I I go on LinkedIn for for no agenda other than the fact that I want to 
build my network and if it ends up being a sponsorship pitch which nine times out of ten it does for me <laughs> uh, because of the you know the Bills. people yeah I mean at the end of the day the, the way I look at it is that you know I want to I want to align sponsors that that kind of all share the same value so I've built a really lovely group of sponsors now that have all the same kind of vision and the same kind of ethics and I've only done that because I've understood the people that I'm talking to I've understood their business and then I find that that's then right to pitch because I'm like every it ticks all the boxes for me I'm not just pitching to people just for the hell of it. It's, you know, they're all genuine pitches. I'll only pitch if it's, if it's the correct way. And the only way I find that out is through talking on LinkedIn and, and yeah, going from there. So that's how I roll. <laughs> I feel like that should be your, your top tip for this week is, you know, connect with people that you're genuinely interested in. Like think about the brands that you love, not necessarily yeah. ones that you're thinking of pitching to, but connect with the brands that you love in industries you're passionate about and just take it from there. Yeah. Because I yeah. think once you start seeing these people posting, it will give you way more inspiration for how you can speak to them. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, just, just as a kind of like flip to that comment that I've just made, there's several businesses that I thought I'd pitch to at some point. And I've actually done a lot of research on them. I've networked with people that work for the company and I have decided not to pitch them for two reasons sometimes. One would be that I don't think I could actually help them. I don't think my kind of my skills would, would help them or my knowledge would help them. And, and the other one I've had several times where, you know, they don't show the values that, that I thought that business was about. And I almost look at it like I'm a customer of that business and how I would see that. Because at the end of the day, if I take on a sponsor, I want to be really confident that I can promote them in a really positive way because they do meet the core values that I believe in. I don't want to promote a business that is unethical or maybe doing something not particularly great. And, and, and that's, I've stuck true to that and it's led me to this really cool path of meeting some amazing people that I love working with and I cannot wait to announce who they all are but I guess that's a positive thing right Jess? Absolutely you know I think the more that we can kind of narrow down that massive list of people that we'd like to work with the better because you always want someone that that aligns with your interests your values your network as well so you know just to to find out that someone doesn't early on is really good because if you get halfway through a pitch and then find that out, you've wasted a lot of time. Yeah, absolutely. So just, I just want to make one final point that success on LinkedIn is all about building rapport. So it's about making friends with people and how you do that. You can do that in a number of ways that we've talked about. So that can be commenting on other people's posts, creating engaging content that gets them to, to comment on yours and get involved in a discussion, but also that, that more direct, you know, messaging people and chatting that way. Once you've kind of built a rapport with these people, you, you'll probably feel more comfortable talking about sponsorship and they'll be more open to it. So that's why it's so important because once you're comfortable with these people, then that opens the doors for a sponsorship conversation. hundred percent. Yeah. And it's, um, and it works. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Really simple. Live in proof, aren't you, Toby? (laughs) Wow, it seems that way. (laughs) (laughs) So last week I mentioned about doing something fun. It was kind of off the off the hat, really, about challenging Jess and and how we can kind of like lean on Jess's expertise because ultimately Jess, you're the expert in this this field. Um, you know, I won't be here without without all of your amazing knowledge and you know, I'm very, very grateful for that. But I, I want to spin it back to you guys that are listening in. And instead of challenge, Jess, I think we should do a, a piece in the, in the podcast called Question Jess. So in the show notes, we're going to have a link of a form that you guys can fill out. They'll be sent to us and it will be questions for Jess. So that might be something that is on your mind as a driver that you might be pitching to a particular company. 
and you just want to find out like what would Jess do? How would Jess do it? Jess, you're the the the, the, <laughs> the brains behind all this. So just as an example, I'm gonna question Jess now. I'm a driver that loves Lego, and I've built some kits in the past, and I'd love to pitch to Lego. You've met the managing director of Lego or the marketing director of Lego, and you've got an opportunity to actually now pitch them. So Jess, how would you pitch the Lego? So I I would start by researching what big press stunts they've done in the past okay now I, i'm not like super you know au fait with lego's marketing but i would go in with something like okay why don't we build my race car in lego or something like that and i really paint a picture of why that's exciting where you can do it that's relevant so let's say you race a volkswagen for example you could pitch to Lego, okay, let's go build that car at the Nürburgring because it's relevant. You know, there, there's lots of cool press around that. VW might get involved. There's loads of scope for partnerships there. Now, Lego might go, hell yes, I want to do that and give you loads of money. That's like the, the win-win situation. But they might also come back and go, now that's too big. How about we do a small sponsorship deal and go from there? <laughs> But the whole idea behind like these big ideas, and I think with a big company like like Lego, you'd really, really need to just wow them, because if you're if you're not racing at you know the top top level of motorsport, it's going to be really really hard to get your foot in the door. So you need like just a cheeky, I guess, punt at you know this this one big idea to grab their attention. Yeah. So I would say that like building a race car in Lego or. Uh, even even just you know like some kind of small merch deal where they might give you like 10 kits of like regular size lego as opposed to car size lego to build your race car that you can give to your other partners or do as a competition or something like that but i would go in with one big idea that definitely involves building something in lego and then you can offer the other stuff that that goes with that that they're probably going to more likely go for like oh i'm going to do a series of videos building you know, the, the race car Lego kits that you have already, stuff like that. So you, you, your big idea basically wows them, but then you've got all these other like kind of Lego building ideas that they can use kind of beyond that. That, that would be where I would go, but I'd look at what press stunts they've done first, just to make sure it aligns. Nice. That sounds quite cool, Jess. I love I really the idea of actually that. building. Yeah, <laughs> I want to do that now. <laughs> go and build my race car and take yeah. it to the ring with my real car. That'd be yeah. so, so good, wouldn't it? Imagine um, the photography as well, though. Like, Oh, that'd be sick, wouldn't it? Imagine exactly. actually having like, yeah, like your race car liveried up and mm. the Lego car in the same livery side by side yeah. for a photo. That would and be there's so sweet... much press as well that like Lego builds life-size race car. Yeah, that'd be so cool. And also life-size model of the driver. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, ju- but really in good. like the Lego format, that's just like the little head on the square body. Yeah, that'd be so cool, wouldn't it? <laughs> There we go. So th- that's um, that's just a quick example, just- and Jess just proven just how awesome she is that she can think <laughs> on the spot this quickly. But no, guys, seriously, if you've got um, any questions, click on the show notes, fill out the form, send it to us. Any burning questions you've got on your mind, because we want to make this interactive. You know, we want we want to answer your questions, and if there's anything out there that you you can think of that you know that you're stuck on or you want some help with, I'll ask your question to Jess each week. Awesome. And it doesn't have to be like, you know, how would you pitch to this business or like, how would you pitch to this type of business? It can be anything. So like, if you've got an idea for a niche, but you're not really sure how to like spin it or to link it up with your racing. So let's say like, you know, you're a baker as well as a racing driver. If you want to ask the question about how you link those two things, 
then that's the kind of thing that you can ask as well. So I'm, I'm more than happy to, you know, answer your questions and give you ideas and inspiration. And I think that'll be a really good way to kind of, I guess, give everyone, you know, a bit of an insight into once you've done this a lot, where those ideas come from, because I, you know, I can do this with anything, even if it's boring, just because I've done it so much over the years. So absolutely ask me those questions. If you go to the show notes, again, that's blog.racingmental.com for this episode and all future episodes, there will be a link to, to the form where you can, you can send your questions our way. Mega. Sounds exciting. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, I look forward to seeing what gets asked now, Jess. It's going to be cool. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so shall we move on to our driver of the week? We've got a really cool driver that, uh, that, you've, that we've, we've had punched yeah. into our, our sort of network and uh, yeah, ready to, ready to launch this one. Yeah, absolutely. So the, this, this driver came through our nomination form. She nominated herself, which I love. So our driver of the week this week is five times US rally champion, which sounds cool already. Karen Jankowski. Now, Karen's profile on Instagram is really cool. It really shows like just how much cool stuff she's done. She's got a load of cool partners, a ton of followers as well. So if you want to give her a follow on Instagram, she's Karen Jankowski on, on Instagram. And again, you'll find a link to her on the, uh, on the show notes. But she's also done some super cool stuff. So obviously, you know, rally team owner and driver who's won a load of stuff in the US. But she's also a rally event organizer, a member of, of the rally sanctioning body over there. And she's now just started an endurance racing team as well. That's pretty cool, isn't it? You know what I'm like, like I love doing lots of things. So I love hearing from people that also do lots of things. So well done, Karen. Absolutely well-deserved. Yeah, definitely. Because it's super ambitious as well. All those things are pretty big. And yeah, it's just wicked to, to see yet another winner across the pond. Congratulations, Karen. Yeah, and I just want to point out that on her Instagram bio, it's a picture of a tree and then a, a car and then like, you know, a puff of, you know, I guess it would be like tire smoke or gravel smoke. And then it just says sliding through the woods. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, congratulations, cool. Karen, uh, our driver of the week. Mega, congratulations. So, so just a reminder to you guys that we've got the LinkedIn webinar coming up on the 17th of February. So keep an eye out for that on social media and you can go find a direct link to it in the show notes for this episode. But I guess we will see you next week. Yeah, thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll see you next week. Take care. Bye-bye.